Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are now listening to Chuck Talk, hosted by me, the host, Charlie, and my good friend and co-host, Zach. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right, Charlie. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. The U.S. have won a game at the World Cup and have advanced to the round of 16. They have. They have. And, you know, I mean, I think we're all pretty nervous going into this game and to see a, a team that we're both a fan of get a good result or a result we want is always good to see because me and Charlie don't always see eye to eye on favorite sport teams. So it's it's nice to have one we both cheer for. That's actually good. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, from, I would say, start to the 80th minute, the U.S. looked amazing and even at sometimes unbeatable. I mean, if, if I don't even know, if the U.S. could become that first half team every single game, they, they're unbeatable. I, I mean, not unbeatable, but they're really, really hard to stop. No, you're and right. They showed it this game against Iran. It, it kind of felt like the USA could have been up 3-0 going into the half is how well they played. They they absolutely dominated possession. They dominated the shots, shots on target. You name it. They had complete control of the game in that first half. Came away with one goal. Um, I think it was the beginning of the – was like 30-something minute. Correct. Yeah, and so – and then after that, you know, it, it the story changed a little bit, but that first half was pure dominance. No, I mean, everything about it, like you said, passing, uh, the shooting was dominant. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed watching them do was winning the ball back in the second second part of the field. So, obviously, you have the final third, which is 33% of the field. But then they just winning the ball back. I guess I should have just said midfield. Them winning the ball back in the midfield was the reason why they won this game and continually put so much pressure on the Iranian defense. Um, again, yeah. we'll just hop right into it. Tyler Adams. Zach, I know there's a saying, it's pretty common in football, where they say 70% of the, 77% of the world is covered by water and 33% is covered 20, by... 23. 23, sorry. It's been a long day. I'm excited. 23% of the world is covered by X. So... We can use this with Tyler Adams because Tyler Adams is everywhere. And I want to give myself a pat on the back and saying how how I said Tyler Adams is the most important player to this team. And that has been evident this entire World Cup. Um, obviously, he's not scoring goals, but that's not his job. He's doing his job and he's doing it even better. Um, the pairing between him at the defensive, the holding midfield position, and then the likes of Tim Ream, who had an amazing game today. And then bringing in Cameron Carter-Vickers for Walker Zimmerman made Greg Berhalter look like a genius. And I would never think I would say Greg Berhalter a genius in the same sentence in a positive manner. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Cameron Carter-Vickers, I mean, everything he did today was perfect. There were numerous times where he won big headers in the midfield to retain possession. His distribution was really good, a lot better than Walker Zimmerman. And he just looked like he deserved to be there. He should have been starting there all three games. Uh, obviously, he's going to get the nod the next game. He deserves it. 
Um, what else do you see, Zach, from this game? I know you were at work and you weren't able to watch probably not from start to finish well, most of it. But told Charlie, I watched a lot of it in Spanish, but I did watch the majority of the game. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I thought the same thing. I thought the midfield was absolutely dominant, and that's the main reason we were so dominant in the first half is because they couldn't really get the ball, and when they did, we'd get it back before they even had a chance, really, to get it into our, our part of the field. Um, Tyler Adams is a big part of that. Robinson's a big part of that. And then I think Aronson came on in the wing and played really well after Pulisic, you know, unfortunately had to leave. Um, but, no, yeah, it's all-around great play by the team, and – you really can't ask much for much more. And I think you highlighted players I wanted to highlight as well. I, I really liked the move Greg made on the uh, defensive backs. And I thought Tim Reams probably played second best on the team in this cup. And he's been consistent all the way through. Maybe he had one small mistake today on a turnover. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, Charlie, pretty early on, just kind of pass it to the other team. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I, I really think he's played flawless uh, soccer. I, I'm avoiding saying football on purpose because – it is called soccer. But, yeah, flawless from him. And I think Tyler Adams has been as close as you can get to flaws as well. And then Pulisic has been playing as advertised when when he had played that game in previous games. So, I mean, everything's coming together. And I think, you know, we got out of the group and we did what we had to do. And I think we have a really winnable matchup going ahead. No, you're right. And there's another player I want to highlight. And it's a player that – you were not too fond of how he played, but he honestly, in my opinion, had a, had a very um, a very good game, and that was Serginio Dest. Um, he had one assist. Obviously, that was the big play, um, highlighted by a superb Weston McKinney over-the-top ball. Serginio Dest headed to Christian Pulisic, but uh, Serginio Dest's stats were one assist. Um, he had two chances created. He had two successful dribbles, uh, which was the most in the match. He had five duels won. He had six final third passes, which coming from a right-back spot um, in the U.S. for whatever reason, um, and it's how Greg Berhol wants or wants to play, is on the wings, and that has been really, really impressive by the U.S. this this World Cup run. He had seven ball recoveries, and he had a 7.7 match rating, which is really, really good. Um considering most people's stats in a typical game. Um, so, yeah, no, yeah I, I, I think like he played really well. the wings because I think that's our strength that game. And, and I think this is a big part of that offensively. But where I, where I where as you said, where I kind of dislike Dest is, is when his defensive ability, which, uh, you know, he's a right back, but I think he plays really well on the attack, but gets out of position sometimes and, and creates other teams' chances. No, he does. And it's the same thing with uh, Antoine Robinson. And he had a, a very similar game, in my opinion. I think Des was, I wouldn't say miles better because I didn't say Robinson didn't play well. The only thing that I think Robinson has struggled with so far is his first touch. Um, He's played really good defensively, in my opinion. Um, He's played some really good balls in. But there are moments in the game where he has these touches down the wing um, it might not be his first touch. It might not be his second, but his third or his fourth. Um, just a little too heavy on the touch and gives the ball away and really threatens on the counterattacking, which I'm worried about in this upcoming game against the Netherlands. Yeah, we, we had some, uh, I think early in the game, like pretty much only thing I ran 
I think it's, I think they had the whole interview about like how Iran's the wrong way to say it. But Iran, I'm keep, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep saying it because I'm so used to it. But I just realized that. Um, no, but they're basically the only chances they had in that first half were when we would we would overextend on the, on those wings trying to get an early goal, and then they'd get a really nice counterattack chance. I think that happened a couple times in the first half. And you're right, going to a team that might be better on the counterattack with the Netherlands next game, we might want to tone down on that. But that is our strength, so it's like that's where they got to figure out where they want to attack from. Do they want to keep doing what they do best, or they and then kind of eat the chances that may come their way, or you know they want do they want to change up the strategy and. Hopefully, Greg can make great decisions, and we'll see. And hopefully, Pulisic is back. Yeah, Pulisic is a very big question mark. Um, we're recording this at 6.30, um, November 29th, so literally two and a half hours after the game has ended. Um, I know he went to the hospital for an abdominal injury. Um, I'll be honest, I'm scrolling on Twitter constantly to see if we can get an update. Um, but obviously, Mission Pulisic is a... Very, very big missing piece to this U.S. team. Um, when you were deemed Captain America, as I said before, or as a lot of Europeans make fun of from a Pawn Stars episode, the LeBron James of soccer. Um, so obviously missing him is a big loss. Um, I do think he will play no matter what, unless it's something obviously life-threatening, which it well, shouldn't yeah. be. He's going to play unless they – physically hold him back and don't let him play. I mean, so if, if they don't, if he doesn't play, then just know it's probably more long-term. Yeah. I mean, initially didn't look that bad. Um, he obviously did return for the rest of the first half. I think he played about five to 10. Might have been like, I think it was like, well, it was more of like four or five minutes of him off the, the pitch getting tended to. He didn't look so hot. It was having trouble walking. Then he came back on for like maybe two minutes. And, and he half. really didn't have that big of an ball. impact. Yeah. Maybe once. But yeah, he didn't really so, do anything. So it was hard to say what really were, you know, if he was okay or not. But he did come back. So that is something you know, at least a little positive. But I guess at halftime they determined that they needed to go get some attention to it and, and change that change their mind. But yeah, but I mean team rallied and played well. So Props to him for putting his body on the line, obviously. Um, I I don't know where he got kicked. It looked like a very sensitive area. We'll leave it at that. Um, but it also could have been anywhere between the thigh to the abdominal part of the body. And, and so, like, in if it, I mean, think about just like the area of the injury. It shouldn't be anything concerning because it, it, I mean, it could have been a rib. But, I mean, it's like kind of lower than a rib at the same time, right? So, and there's nothing really in those areas that would be super, super threatening. I, I would, I would imagine. So I'm just, I'm hoping it's just like, uh, like Charles mentioned this earlier. We were talking, like, we knocked out of him or something to the point where he needed to, you know, come out of the game or something. Yeah, that and I mean, if you look at the bright spot, he only played 45 minutes today. Um, so he played half of the game, and then he has give or take three full days of rest. Um, Cause they do play early. They play. What would that be? Four hours earlier than they played each game so far this year. It'd be like 6 tournament. PM or so for Qatar. Yeah. Instead of 10. So it, it, if anything, he's gotten some rest. 
Uh, I really think he only went to the hospital for precautionary check because I think obviously if he would have played in the game for even a couple more minutes, it wasn't anything that drastic. But obviously, we don't know. We know nothing. Yeah, and we probably. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic, and all we can do is is like Charles said, just refresh social media and wait for something to come up. Um, but I have one more player I want to talk about before we get into, I guess, a little bit of a Netherlands breakdown. And that is Josh Sargent. Um, I was a very upset that we started Josh Sargent in this game. And obviously he didn't do too much goal-threatening-wise in the game. Um, but his ability to almost play a false nine. and I, Zach, I don't know if you really know what I'm saying when I'm saying this because it's a really – Hard I, thing to understand. I, mean, like, I understand it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it a little bit, but not like intricate details. But I know. So basically, the position Josh Sargent was playing, I don't know if that was his design position or that was just what he was doing, was really he was dropping back instead of pressuring the two center backs, the left and the right center back. He would drop back, try to draw them in, and leave Pulisic or Way on a one on one with the outside backs. And honestly, just draw another pass in to play out wide, like I said, to Pulisic or Wea or to McKinney or Musa. And I just thought he did that really well. I'm a very big Josh Sargent hater uh, just because he doesn't put up the goals like a striker should be doing. But I thought he played really, really well this game, uh, despite him also picking up an injury, which another thing is up in air about. Uh, it could have been a really, really scary injury. So... Yeah, I think Josh Sargent played pretty well for not scoring a goal. Um, he had two or three chances. Haji Wright had a chance when he came on. Tim Weah had a chance that he bottled. Um, but otherwise else, I mean, the last thing I want to say is just a great performance by USA. Uh, I'm glad the entire country is rallying behind him, um, especially because of everything that went on before this game even kicked off, all the – uh, press conferences that were not soccer related and at all political rating or related that should have never happened in my opinion to begin with. But again, this is a sports podcast, not a political podcast, and we're going to keep it that way. So, yeah, I know another thing to mention. Well, one, just really quick, they handled those questions very well, very very well. Yes. Um, but moving on from that, even more, just uh, also we talk about Sergeant. He did come off too with, with some sort of injury as well. I don't know if there's an update on him, but. If you saw it, he, he uh, did a really, really nice pop over the uh, side of a tackle and then drew a foul, and it was a really hard fall on that tackle as well. And, I mean, I'm sure he's fine, but definitely scoped him up a little bit. So, hope he's all right. He had to come off for an in- for injury. I, I think it was already – I think it was injury and it wasn't because he was getting subbed. But just something to note there as well. He, I think he played okay, but you're right. I think he was more of a, a decoy than anything. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I don't like about it is – um, I think in the Netherlands game, we'll have to worry about it, obviously, if Sargent and Pulisic are both recovering time. Um, I guess we'll just go right into the Netherlands breakdown. I mean, they have one of the best defenders in the world, Virgil van Dijk, plays for my favorite club team, Liverpool. Hmm. Excuse me. They're really not going to pay any attention to Josh Sargent. He hasn't been a threat all tournament, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they really play up on him. Um, Netherlands play um, more of a 5-2-1-2, so that is... Uh, three center backs, two outside backs, um, kind of two holding mids, two central mids, um, a center attacking mid, and then two strikers. 
But the one player I'm really concerned about for the Netherlands is Cody Gagpo. Um, he said um, he's played three games and he scored in all three games he's played in. Uh, so that is very scary to me. I, another point, like I said, we locked down Taremi in this game uh, for Iran or Iran. If we can lock down Cody Gagpo, Gagpo, I really like our chances in this game against the Netherlands. Yeah, no, and we've only allowed one goal all, all tournament. It was a pen. So, I mean, correct. This team has been out of their minds defensively. Keeper's been getting saves when he has to, but really hasn't been in many chances in general. But, I mean, you can't ask for a better defensive performance. And our offense has been, I think, there's much more to be had, but. Defense has really been just, I think, the highlight of this this cup so far. And I hope we, you know, I don't think nothing scares me attacking wise. Is what I'm basically what I'm getting at. No, they don't scare me either. And um, I think I said this honestly after the first game um, that the Netherlands played. I'm not really that scared of the Netherlands, and I'm I'm gonna regret saying that. I'm gonna knock on wood. You're gonna hear it. Um, I didn't hear it, but I, I I'm here for you. All right, let me try it again. Did you hear that? No, I think your mic's too good, to be honest. Dang. But I will – I can do it for you. You might hear this. Did you do it? Yeah, dude, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so if you're at home, knock at wood, knock on wood. I promise we, we both did it. Yeah, but please do it again for us. Um, Netherlands have struggled scoring goals this tournament. Um, A lot of their goals have come off rebounds which I think the U.S. should also do, take more shots. I know today they had five shots on goal and only scored one goal. But also, we've only had, coming into this match, we've only had one shot on goal this entire tournament. And we scored on that one. So, I, I'm not that worried about the Netherlands. I'll just say it right now. Again, um, they also played in a pretty weak group, in my opinion, after sitting down and watching it. Should have lost to Ecuador in match day two. Um, played guitar today. I really wouldn't say anything too impressive. I mean, they only beat guitar 2-0 uh, for being one of the top teams in the world. That's a little sad in my opinion. So um, I really would rather play the U.S. Really, I'd really rather the U.S. play the Netherlands than either uh, Senegal, who came in second, or even Ecuador, who came in third, just because Senegal, the U.S. have always struggled against African teams. Um, they struggled against Ghana last year. Or in 2014, sorry. They got knocked out to Ghana in 2010. Um, scored a 90th-minute goal against Algeria in 2010. Uh, and then so on and so forth. So, I do like the U.S. chances. Do I think they can get through? Yes. Do I re- realistically seeing it? No. I hate saying that. Um, but I, I do want to somewhat be realistic on this podcast. You know, I, I agree. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, we've seen uh, this Netherlands team be vulnerable in some of their in some of their early games. I mean, they, they won it, but they looked vulnerable against Ecuador in their second game. They drew them, I think, didn't they? Yes. So I mean, and I, yeah. I would be yeah, I would say we could we could beat Ecuador. And if Ecuador can draw them on any given day i don't i don't see a reason we can't at least take it to extra time and they beat senegal um i believe in the 87th minute yeah so, it, was, it was a rough match 
I like I said, I I love our chances. Uh, and I honestly think if we played the way we did, Wales in the first half, England the entire game, Iran the entire game, minus the last 10 minutes and then the last 10 minutes of stoppage time. Um, I, I think we have a legitimate shot to beat him. You just got to be able to put goals away. Yeah, I mean, like, and you're looking at this England game where, I mean, we're, we're a foot, a shot goes a foot down and we win that game. I mean, it's like where we were in every single game we played England, I mean, dominated a Wales team that we struggled against and, and like the quality of opponent that England is. And we held our own and honestly, probably were the better team that game. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that goes to show me that if we play the way, you know, the way we have been playing, we, I don't see a reason we, we could go to, to the round of eight, you know, and at that point looking ahead, like probably not round of eight's probably like where we stop. But I mean, think about the momentum that would build even, even the round of 16, just being in the round of 16, this cup and then knowing you're already qualified in 2026 with all of your stars, like 22 ish and it'll be 26, 27 next cup. I mean, it's your prime. I mean, this is already a success. No, you're right. And the one thing I want to, two things I want to break off of when you said momentum is this is the U.S. first win in the last five games. So that's that's important. Um, another thing, this tournament is based off momentum. Okay, we have two goals in three games. Yes, that's a little concerning. But we, we can easily build off of that. Two goals. Uh, first game, we had one shot on goal. Second game, we had zero, multiple chances. This game, five shots on goal. These goals are going to be starting to pour in. Netherlands goalie isn't anything to go home about. Um, I, yeah, their goalkeeper is like, I've played, I've played FIFA for the last, let's say, 12 to 15 years of my life. I've never heard of the Netherlands goalkeeper in my life. <laughs> I, I mean, you know. I don't think he really has to worry about much when you have a world-class defender. So I guess we could just give him that yeah. talk nice about him. <laughs> I mean, that also helps that they play five in the back, which is a little concerning. Um, but it's going to be interesting how Greg goes in this game, breaks it down, because five in the back, um, yes, the counterattacking will be available because five in the back, you're going to have the two attacking backs, a lot like us, um, how we use Antoine Robinson and Sardinia Dest. They're going to be using Denzel Dumfries and um, Daly Blind on the left-back side to come up and attacking. So it's really a matter of effect of who plays that, that nine position and is able to drag out one of those three defenders, those center backs, and to have the outside running from Pulisic and Tim Weah because if Giorena has only played – 10, 15 minutes of this World Cup, he's not going to be starting this game, which is another thing I could go home and rave about, but I'm not going to because we're in the round 16. I'm not the coach. But yeah, I think if we can draw out either Nathan Ake, uh, Virgil van Dyke, or Timber with that striker position, give a little one-two, and then play the outside backs, and then just keep feeding in those balls, we're not going to be able to win that many set pieces with Virgil van Dyke on the corner. Which sucks, but also our again today our set pieces were abysmal. At this point, I just wanted to say, hey, we don't want the corner; just take the goal kick. It's been that bad. No, I mean, oh, I mean, it, yeah. Every time we got a, a set piece, it was just it was more of like, can we not can we not allow a counterattack on the set piece? 
that's and that's what important. I was concerned about because <laughs> Cody Gagpo, he has speed, he has the shot. I, I'm generally scared of Cody Gagpo. So, yeah, I, I'd rather I think I'm I'm with you. I'd rather the ball like go out for a free throw next to the corner than actually have a corner. Which that I think or just take it short. They 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 try to set piece play today. It didn't work. Pulisic hit the ball too slow to dust. Um, they easily could have had a counterattack, but of course, I think Tyler Arms was there to win the ball back. So yeah, like yeah, that's what I was saying. I was watching and like every time we had a corner, it was like we're just giving him free counterattack. It's almost like you're playing FIFA at that point, where it happens to you. Then I mean, we weren't doing anything creative, and we talked about this on set pieces before. And I don't, and I think when we saw when Pulisic went out, there really isn't anyone else capable of doing good set pieces. And Pulisic, I wouldn't even say is great at him either from from this this cup at least. So, that's definitely something we want to stray away from. No, definitely. But it is it is reassuring to have the team kind of get where we wanted them to get at the very least. Anything after this is gravy, which I think we already discussed and understood going into yeah, it. Yeah, we we set our goals so. to get the round of sixteen. We got there. Now let's shock let's shock the world. Yeah, no, and then we can move on to come bringing everyone to our home turf with I would argue everybody on this current team in their prime. I mean, yeah, and, and then Ricardo Pepe being Pep, I don't know how to say it, but Pepe, yeah, Pepe, he'd be what 20 some 24, 25, 26. Yeah, everyone's going to be within I the mean, 20 to 24 age. So much better next time around. And the fact that they've already made the round of 16 this time around, I think that just kind of shows what this team's capable of. And that's really what it got me most excited about this group stage. No, you're right. Um, so four years is a long time to wait though. So let's hope we just win it now. You're right. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, no, no. Just uh, you know, we're going to be reporting the uh, pick them challenge coming out. I don't know, probably Thursday morning. So look out for that. Other than that, again, thank you everyone as well for you know a lot of downloads recently, a lot of people tuning in. So appreciate that as always. No, but definitely. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Um, we appreciate all the love and support. Um, we're just gonna keep this rolling, even if the U.S. get knocked out. Um, the World Cup is popping. Um, I know people really enjoy at least watching it. I don't know how many people really enjoy listening to this, but if you do, uh, we appreciate all the love and support you give us. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chuck Talk. Check out our socials at Chuck Talk underscore on Instagram and Twitter, and have a blessed day.